0: Greetings, folks, and welcome to Good News for
1: the City, the radio broadcast ministry partnership between WAVA Radio and One Heart DC, right here on life-changing talk radio 105.1 FM, WAVA. My name is Dennis Williams. I'm director of ministry for WAVA Radio, and I want to welcome you to today's broadcast. Well, folks, for Christians who are maturing in their faith, the longing for, I believe, And we all believe, those of us who are here, believe that the longing for a deeper understanding of God's word is real for us and often leads folks to a deeper study in seminary. But you know what? It can be a struggle to fit graduate school into our lives and our schedules. Also, sometimes the cost can be prohibitive for many people. Well, Denver Seminary has a campus right here in the metro D.C. area. And it offers working adults a flexible, affordable education in a very supportive community. Our guest is here today to share how men and women are being empowered for ministry and transformed by God's power and by God himself at Denver Seminary. And folks, you know the drill. Here to get us started to introduce our guest for the day is my good friend, my buddy, co-host of Good News for the City, Pastor Brian Bale, Senior Pastor of Christian Fellowship Church in Ashburn, Virginia. Friend. Dude, it's good to see you, buddy. God bless you, man.
2: Yeah, thank you, my friend. You know, both of us have spent a significant amount of our adult life in what we call vocational ministry. That means serving the church in one way or the other. Yes, Me, yes. currently, as you just said, lead pastor here at Christian Fellowship Church in Ashburn. You were a lead pastor for many, many years and now as minister director at WAVA. And in both of our lives, we have a story and our story involves seminary. And again, yes, as we get to yes. know each other over the years, we know a lot about each other, But even every once in a while, we learn new things. My story of going into what God had for me started at an extension site of a seminary. Mm -hmm. Uh, Something I never thought that I would be in ministry, but there was a seminary that came local, an extension site, and I had some interest in some things, and it it walked me through this sort of process to where God wanted me to be. And I'm excited about when, when seminaries like Denver Seminary and others Take themselves and put them out in the community where people are to give an opportunity to grow deeper in discipleship, go deeper in their Amen. knowledge of scripture. Yes, uh, and yes. possibly, just possibly, then God use that uh, for maybe a different direction in life, whether it is uh, yes. vocational ministry or whether it is ministry at your vocation that you currently have using that. And so we have in studio today to talk about uh, Denver Seminary and the extension site, Reverend Deborah Barr. Now, I'm just going to get this out of the way, Dennis. It's another one of those times where I'm about to read a bio. And when we're done, you and I are going to wonder, what have we done with our life? Okay? I'm telling you, man, so I'm just, already just, tired. Just prep me for this. <laughs> She's an associate pastor at First Baptist Church of Glen Arden in Maryland, uh, the host site for Denver Seminary's Washington, D.C. Extension. Her background includes a BS in geology, a master's of aeronautical science, and a Juris doctorate. That is a law degree for those people who don't require, remember that as well. She served her country for over 28 years in the uniformed services of the United States, where she entered the U.S. Army in 1988. And catch this, Dennis, she was a helicopter pilot, right? I I struggle driving a vehicle sometimes, and she was flying a helicopter, followed by (laughs) more than 22 years. Then after that, as a commissioned officer in the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, she flew scientific missions and served in various leadership roles. But her passion Uh, is teaching and speaking and preaching and writing about personal intimacy with our Savior, Jesus Christ. She loves to help direct people to the unconditional love and the healing power of Jesus, which truly, by the way, it's the only thing that can actually transform our life. So thanks for joining us, Deborah. We're so glad uh, that you're here and that um, you are just talking about an opportunity that we have right here in the Washington metro area to attend seminary. Now, Seminaries, is, for some people, they hear that word and there's certain things that come behind it. Some of them are, are positive, others of them are confusing, whatever it might be. And so what I would love for us to start with is to kind of break down maybe some misconceptions or preconceptions people have about why seminary matters. And so would you talk a bit as, as you start this day about how attending seminary could help someone engage people? in the good news. That's what this show is called, the good news of the the city, the gospel.
3: Sure. Thank you so much uh, for this invitation, and I'm grateful to be here. I know there are misconceptions about seminary. Some people think that it's going to ruin your faith, to go to seminary because you're going to learn learn things that that are not in line with what your pastor believes, apparently. (laughs) Um, But I didn't find that to be true at all in my seminary education. I really think that it helps leaders grow and develop their authoritative voice about Mm -hmm. the scriptures, about the doctrines of their Christian faith, and no matter what their vocation is, whether they're working in the church or they're working in the marketplace, like you mentioned Um, It just really helps to formulate and form your Christian faith, and it's been a wonderful experience for me.
2: I love how you said that, so I I grew up in a particular uh, background and environment that on occasion people would substitute the word seminary with the word cemetery. And I'm sure we've all heard that. <laughs> yeah, me too, uh, man. I've heard that as well. <laughs> yeah, and the thought behind it was, mm. is that sometimes when you go to seminary, your faith loses life. That was the exact opposite of my experience. In fact, I yes. don't know anyone yes. who's ever had that experience. In fact, you're challenged to go deeper in your faith. You're challenged to look at scriptures in ways... But I think there's still some hesitancy. So if someone's listening to this and they are a pastor and you don't have to have a seminary degree to be a pastor, you don't have to have a seminary degree to be a lay minister, talk to them about why you think, and and I know I have opinions, but why it matters that they go to seminary instead of just saying, hey, can I just read a book? And we've all read books. there's great books. I got a bunch of them on a shelf. I know that. But what's the difference and why engaging in a seminary education is something that matters more than just picking up a book?
3: Well, no amount of self-study will ever expose you to what you would learn in seminary. When you're going to a school like Denver Seminary, you get the opportunity to interact with professors and theologians who have spent their entire lives on a specific topic. And the amazing thing is you get to glean all of that knowledge that they've spent years on in perhaps a one semester class. Mm -hmm. And you get the benefit of that plus you also get the benefit of the other students in the class. You have other students that have various backgrounds. They have various amounts of ministry, different types of ministry. And when we interact with each other as students, we really learn from each other in addition to learning
2: from our professors. Mm-hmm. I remember, Dennis, the first Excuse. time I sat down in the class, it was the writings of John. So we covered the Gospel of John, the three uh, letters, and then we covered Revelation. And I remembered mm-hmm. opening up the textbook, and it was authored by the same person who was teaching the class. And I realized, okay, <laughs> I'm probably not going to challenge a lot of what this person's going to say in their background of ministry. And I felt that I was able to grow in, in such a, a deep, rich way that I might not have been able to do before. And so that that's I love that example, especially the growth in community as you're walking with yes, other people yes. and, and working together. Now, we probably heard this commercial before. I'm trying to remember who did it, but it was a guy who basically said, hey, I like the company so much I bought it. Uh, And I was like, well, good for them. You went to Denver Seminary and you liked your experience so much, you decided to work for them in many ways and help that. What was it about your experience at Denver Seminary that challenged you, that helped you grow as a person, as someone who's called to minister to others, to vocation, uh, and also to say, hey, I want to make this available for other people here in the Washington metro area?
3: Well, I personally, you you read my background, I've, I'm a lifelong learner, I love learning, and I will continue to learn Mm -hmm. till the day I die. (laughs) But my experience at Denver Seminary, I developed lifelong friendships with the people Mm -hmm. that went through with me, you know, Mm -hmm. you're in the battle trenches together as you're learning, and Mm -hmm. you're spurring one another along and, and encouraging each other. And, um, going to seminary really also helped me form what I believe to fully, fully understand the doctrines of my Christian faith. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the master of divinity program. When you get to the end, you actually have to defend what you believe. And it's not that Denver seminary tells you what to believe. You formulate that along as you take your classes and you learn and, and, and you're able to formulate what you believe about God, about the Bible and back all that up with
2: scripture. Yeah, and I love what you're talking about this idea when you say that not that Denver Seminary tells you what to believe. The implication isn't that Denver Seminary doesn't teach theology, but we understand that there are a lot of different things that we can look at in scripture, and some person would go a little bit to the left, and some people would go a little bit to the right. That doesn't make one wrong, and one better, or one worse, and one right. It just means there are some of those things, and lots of times, Our exposure to some of these ideas come only from a small piece of the larger pie, and one of the things seminary often does, Dennis, I don't know if you had this experience, I know I would sit in seminary, and I would have one professor who would lean a particular direction on this issue in the Bible, and they would teach, and I would think to myself, well, that's got to be the exact way to look at that. And then I get a different professor the next semester who who took an equally acceptable view but yes. differently, and I'm like, oh, this isn't as simple as I just need to go <laughs> in and hear something smarter, someone smarter than me, and take their opinion. I've got to do the study, yes. I've got to do the research, yes. and they they help you Amen. equip you to do that. Now, how is the coursework uh, for someone who's thinking, oh, this is interesting, but I have a full time job, I have all this. How's this coursework and community structured uh, to actually help people and support them who? who are already currently in some version of a nine to five, whether that's a one to 10 or whatever it might be, that they're trying to do both in seminary and working.
3: Well, the courses at the Denver Seminary Extension site are designed for people that are working full time. We expect Mm -hmm. that most of our students are working. So the classes that you'll take, whether you're in person or you're in a Zoom class, you know, a, a synchronous class, those are at night or they're on the weekends. And then all of the other work that you do in your coursework throughout the semester, you're doing it at whatever time is good for you. If you happen to be a morning person, you get up at 4 a.m. or whatever. You could do your homework then or you can do it at night. So it's designed specifically for working
1: adults. Now, wait a minute, Deborah. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You said if you're a morning person, you get up. I'm a morning person and I get up at nine. What is, no, I'm kidding. I get up a little early in that, but for yeah, old John Wesley, man, he got up at four and prayed, right? So. Uh, <laughs> right. Well,
2: you know, you find that rhythm. I know that for my wife yes, and I, we were married yes. when I was working on my doctoral degree and a lot of it was, okay, we would do this. And then I'd have classes on weekends or those sort of stuff. And then it's like, okay, it's, it's 9.00 PM. I'm going to go up and work and I would go yes, and work to yes. one o'clock right. in the morning. Clearly that was before we had kids. Uh, not able to do that more, but I love the <laughs> flexibility to, to build that around your schedules. Now, when they connect with people in the classes, are they in a cohort together? And they try to go through all this stuff together so that they're with the same group of people consistently, or is it different with each class?
3: It can be different with each class, but generally you'll get a cohort of students. So when you start, if you're in the Master of Arts and Leadership degree or you're the Master of Divinity degree, you will be taking a lot of your courses with the same group of people. Mm -hmm. And that's what I was saying. I developed lifelong friends. There was Mm -hmm. a cohort of us, excuse me, that were going through this program. And invariably somebody would want to give up because it's so hard, you know, or, you know, things going on in your life, but we would spur one another on. We would really get to know each other and be able to pray for one another. And that's the other thing I didn't mention earlier is the professors will pray for you, the pray for the students. I had never experienced an education in which the professors truly cared about me in that deep way. And, you know, prayer is
2: first, and then we learn. That's such a great reminder. I'm sure all of us who've been in any sort of formal education have had some experience where we might believe the professor is praying we leave the class, but not a lot of them, (laughs) where the professor is actively praying that the truth of scripture gets into our life and that, that God helps us in, and that we're able to move forward in that growth. That's, that's just an encouraging thing. That's now cool. you talked about your cohort that you went through together. What are some of the ways that outside of the classroom that uh, someone who may connect to Denver Seminary Extension site there at First Baptist Glen Arden, that they might connect in that way?
3: Well, one of the things we have is a Wednesday morning prayer call mm-hmm. every Wednesday morning at 6 a.m for those morning people we <laughs> come together on a, on a conference line and we pray for one another. We pray for the seminary. Uh, we also have a monthly chapel service. Those are on Friday nights. And that is an opportunity where our students can actually exercise what they're learning in seminary. So you might be in a preaching class and you can preach in front of your peers mm. at the chapel mm. service or someone leading worship so we do those kinds of things and we also in the past and we'll do again you know covid changed things for a little a little while but things will get back to normal where yes. we can go out and serve in the community together and those sorts of things so there are other opportunities we sometimes have special events or opportunities to serve together
2: yeah so let's go back to something that i mentioned a little bit earlier about We talked about why someone would want to go instead of just sort of read a book. And I want to reframe the question maybe a little bit differently, if I can, this way. You know, why is it so important today? Certainly, we've talked about seminary, and that's been part of the educational landscape of the the United States since the very first seminary was here. That is no longer, we would say, an evangelical seminary uh, in the United States. But, you know, the first one's one of the Ivy League schools. Why is it so important to think about it today?
3: Well, just turn on the news. I mean, there's so much division in our society and in in our world. And when we're studying the word of God and being shaped by other Christians and with a common goal, it helps to develop leaders who can respond to the world, respond to society with the love of Christ. So in the school, we find an environment that encourages, embraces, challenges, and mentors you and Um, those are all the ways that we can impact the world and what we see happening in the world, even as we're going through our seminary education.
2: I really appreciate that sentence you just used, respond with the love of Christ. Yes. Uh, There there does seem to be a a bit of um, one extreme or the other right now in our culture with Christians. It's we don't respond at all to what's going on for one reason or the other. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's lack of understanding of scripture in the call, or we do respond, but we don't respond with love. We, we, we understand that not telling the truth isn't loving, and we're supposed to tell the truth in a loving way. And that's a very challenging thing, uh, even for people who would consider themselves being a part of the body of Christ and a Christian for a very, very long time. Uh, and if seminary helps us and prepares us in many ways to do that better, uh, it, it's certainly a, an important thing to consider in light of certainly what we're seeing all the time here in the United States and and here right here in the Metro Washington area as well.
3: And we even learn learn how to do this as we interact with the other students. You'll have hmm. assignments where someone puts their views out there and you may be opposed to the way that they see something. Mm -hmm. But it's working back and forth with the discussion of these ideas and thoughts and questions and learning how to do that with grace and kindness. It really helps to form you as a Christian that can can impact the world.
2: Yeah, I almost yes. asked a, yes. a somewhat sarcastic question, Dennis. That went like this: You mean that two Christians or a group of Christians have differing opinions and sometimes they don't get along? <laughs> surely uh, not. Uh, surely not. Yeah. <laughs> but then on. we go back to back to a section. I'm sure that my uh, professor who taught the the books of John went to in John chapter 17 that the prayer for unity isn't a prayer for uniformity it's yes, it's yes. actually something that we might better understand in our culture as harmony playing in playing in there that it works together it's it's Christianity but even as Christians you're right I thought you bring up a great point Deborah about how we sometimes don't even know how to amongst ourselves connect well and show the love of Christ and and to to be truthful to each other in a respectful way how much more challenging it is than we take it outside uh, and deal with some of those other um, other challenges that we have now if we think about the Washington metro area. If, if someone is knowledgeable of the area, Denver Seminary isn't the only seminary that has some opportunities in our area, but it is the one we're talking about today. And I'd love for you to tell me a little bit about what you feel distinguishes Denver Seminary, maybe from some of the other schools here in the area.
3: Well, Denver Seminary is foundationally evangelical. Uh, it's, it, the school itself and the, and the student body and the staff and the professors and all, we're a body of Christ. And we're followers guided by our beliefs based on the truth of scripture and that the that the word of God is our authority. So we're committed to integrity and faith formation. And our students, students are challenged um, to grow, not just in knowledge, but also in their relationships and in their practical expression of their faith. It's all about what happens after seminary that we are being formed for during the process of this education.
1: That's pretty cool, wasn't it, Brian? She said it's all, and I love that, Deborah, by the way, because that's, I mean, I graduated seminary a long time ago, and and, and don't say anything, Brian. I know you're going to bring up something, buddy, but um, it's all about what happens after seminary. Oh, my word. I mean, that's, you know, that's wonderful, and I love to hear you say that, because that's so true, man. It's true. You can't, I was told by someone, Dennis, you can't live in that ivory tower for the rest of your life. And it's
2: it's so true. Yeah. Well, they teach you in seminary, especially if you go to the Old Testament and you talk about the word know, and in a Hebrew context, you don't know something that you just have in your head. You yes, know something yes. that you live. And we have a very uniquely American understanding that you can have knowledge without living it. You can have knowledge without experience, and so it's wonderful that what you're talking about is it's not just about knowledge, but it's about practical expression. What are we doing with the knowledge that God has given us? Because it says in Romans chapter twelve, it should then transform and renew our minds to live and act in a way that's holy and acceptable and good and pleasing to God. And so, you know, some educational places could feel comfortable with saying, like, I, I all my job is is to plow you with a bunch of information that you now have in your head. And I'm so excited to hear the fact that the Denver Seminary doesn't look at at itself as successful if it just puts in information, but rather success is determined by how someone is actually uh, expressing their faith.
3: And one of the other things I would like to say about Denver Seminary and how it's distinguished from the other seminaries in this area is we have training and mentoring That's required. You're you're required to take five semesters of training and mentoring, or four semesters, depending on which degree you're pursuing. But it helps to develop you as a lifelong learner. Again, Mm -hmm. it's it's teaching us. This is an opportunity where the students can look at their own lives and figure out what areas of my own Christian formation do I want to develop. And you develop your own learning plan. You find a mentor and you work with them. So it's like training us to continue to develop ourselves after seminary. And that's one of the best parts of this program that we have here in, in D.C.
2: Before we got on air, I just went to the website, denverseminary.edu forward slash D.C. And one of the first things that popped up was financial aid. This idea that some people say, hey, can't do seminary because it's cost prohibitive. That's uh, affordable is a very relative term. But if you're interested in going to Denver Seminary, they're interested in helping you make it work inside of a budget, correct?
3: That's absolutely right. Um, We have scholarships available for students, and I would say the vast majority of students get some sort of financial aid, whether it's scholarships, grants, um, using their veterans benefits. I know that if God has called you to this, he provides even Mm -hmm. in the resource area. So we do have scholarships available. We have tuition discounts available. Uh, For folks that are members of First Baptist Church of Glen Arden, you're qualified for a 25% tuition discount. There's other ways to get those tuition discounts. So I recommend that every person that's interested in seminary, not back away from it thinking I can't afford this because there are ways to afford seminary.
2: Yeah, and you know, one of the things you learn in seminary and you learn in church, hopefully, is that if God calls, God also provides. Now, if they're thinking, hey, this is a good idea, there's an upcoming opportunity in September, right? They can come and sit in a class.
3: Yes, yes. September eighteenth is a Saturday morning from mm-hmm. nine to ten thirty in the morning. I'm gonna have an open house where I do an overview of the whole seminary. And there's two classes happening on campus that day. Mm-hmm. So we'll come listen to the overview session, and then you can sit in on a class and experience it, meet some of the professors, meet some of the students, and see what it's like. Just yeah. take a take
2: Denver Seminary for a
3: test drive and see if this
2: that's time. great. And you can find out about it more there to go to denverseminary.edu forward slash DC. It is located, mentioned a couple times right there in the First Baptist Church of Glen Arden there in Maryland. Uh, thank you so much, Deborah, for coming on today and sharing this important ministry. Dennis, all of us, all of us, no matter where we are in our life, can continue to grow in our faith in Jesus Christ, and Denver Seminary has given us a great opportunity to do that.
1: And I can, I can remember just a long, long time ago when I was in seminary thinking, think theologically, Dennis, think theologically, Dennis, think theologically, Dennis, and what that meant was, how is God impacting this part of your life? And, and we look at that all the time now because we have that Christian worldview, folks, you got to go out and, and meet Deborah. She's an amazing human being, a wonderful person, a wonderful servant of God. I would just urge you to go out, um, um see them, join them for an open house, 9 to 10:30. You can sit in on a class, First Baptist Glen Arden. Um, you can get all this information, Denverseminary.edu slash DC, Denverseminary.edu forward slash DC. You can also go on goodnewsforthecity.com, listen to this again. You can hear Deborah's comments and everything about that. But I would just urge you, again, the open house, September the 18th, 9 to 1030. One more time, denverseminary.edu forward slash DC. You can also call me at the station 703-807-2266. Folks, thank you, Deborah. God bless you. Appreciate you very much. Folks, thanks for coming. We'll see you again next week. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes a
0: way. Thank you for joining us and listening to Good News for the City, a gospel partnership between WAVA and One Heart DC. This is a partnership, movement which celebrates and seeks to accelerate the move of the gospel into the Washington, DC metro area. It is our prayer that through this radio broadcast ministry of good news for the city, we will see transformed lives and communities and more and more people responding to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ.